that discipleship is actually a process. It's not the Christian life is not a snapshot. The Christian life is a motion picture. We're always moving with Jesus. There's no static life with Jesus, right? It's always what's next. Jesus is always moving forward. And so the first step in the journey is what we might call um, seekership. And this is simply, yeah, to be a seeker of truth. And for, for, for Peter at this point and for his, his friends, as their boat is on the water's edge, they, like the others in their time, are curious. Who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? We've heard about him. Is he kind of the latest, greatest prophet and sage to come on the scene? And so they're, they're curious. And that's a good starting point. And maybe that describes you. Maybe you're here today because you're just really seeking and you're wondering. I have a son-in-law named uh, Troy. And uh, I won't tell you the whole story because it would take some time. But, but Troy met my daughter Jasmine at work. And my daughter Jasmine loves Jesus. And uh, they're both social workers. And uh, they kind of liked each other. And then Jasmine found out that Troy was an atheist. And she said, well, sorry, but we're not on the same page spiritually, so I can't move forward. And uh, and so they continued just to be friends at work. And and one day, uh, Troy showed up in my backyard and he said, what does it look like to be a Christian? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm the dad. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I see the game you're playing here. And, uh, you know, well, 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 you know. Woe to me for having that kind of attitude, but I'm a protective dad. And so we talked about it, and he was, he was sincere. He was sincerely seeking. And uh, he'd come to church a couple times and was really interested. And um, so we actually ended up praying together. And uh, I said, now, you know, if you come to Christ, that may or may not have any impact on your relationship with Jasmine. He said, yeah, I know. I know. Well, he did come to faith. He got baptized a couple months later. And... Uh, they end up getting married. <laughs> and he's our son-in-law. It's crazy. But, uh, but he, he began by seeking. And Jasmine loved Jesus. And he began to see something in her. And then he came to church. And he would tell you, if Troy was here, he would tell you it was the love of the Christian community that led him to faith in Jesus. Don't ever underestimate the power of grace, mercy, and love among the people of God. People are literally craving that today. Commu- genuine community. And you have that here. I know it's not perfect. That we're human beings, but you have that here. Don't keep it to yourself. There are people seeking. So go find the boats on the water's edge. Look for those folks who are just, you can tell maybe there's an opening of some kind. And, and step into that and see if you might invite them to take, take the next steps. So seekership is a great thing, but Jesus never leaves us there. And so where's the boat next? If you look at the text, he says, you know, put out a little from shore. And and why does uh, Peter do it? Because he respects him as a rabbi. He calls him master. And so out of respect, Peter says, "Okay, we'll go out a little bit from shore. So, you know, it's kind of like Jesus takes whatever we can offer. Okay, let's just go another little step. Let's put your feet in the, in the water a little further. And uh, this is a big deal, right? Because Peter's a fisherman. This is his craft. He's talking to a preacher. It's like, preacher, what do you know about fishing, right? Put a little bit out. Just, just give me a little bit more. Watch what happens. 
And so we might call this studentship because it's, it's like a student and their instructor, a, a rabbi and, and an apprentice, so to speak. And so out of respect, we say, hey, we, we really want to learn more about, about what you have to offer. We want to, we want to really uh, take it the next step. And, and that's a really cool thing. I'm a college professor, and it's a great joy because I have students who come and 18, 19, 20, and they don't have a clue. <laughs> they would say it. They don't have a clue what God's planning for them, but they want to learn how to serve him. And they want to be uh, they want to honor the rabbi, the master who, who's called them. And so they come and, you know, when I was a college student, I went in with this plan. Right. I had this plan for my life. <laughs> I said, God, this is my plan. Go ahead and bless that. <laughs> and God says, yeah, watch this, <laughs> you know. And this is where I end up after I'm, I'm done. And part of that was meeting my wife. And Carol went through the same process. And, and, and here we are 40 years later, um, you know, with uh, that song, Thank You, Lord, for your faithfulness, for your grace, for your mercy. A lot more I could say, but I'll just leave that there. So, so Jesus will take whatever you can offer, but he calls us to go deeper because there's more. And maybe you're there. Maybe you just want to learn more. It's a great place to be. And uh, give yourself over to studying the Bible and to learning about the things of God and see where that takes you. God will bless that. But notice the boat doesn't stop there. And this is where we go from preaching to meddling, right? So then Jesus says, hey, dude. Okay, that's my paraphrase. Um, Peter, put out into deep water. Hmm. Who does this guy think he is? I've already been in deep water. Been there all day, all night, caught nothing. But he does. He puts that into deep water, and of course we know what happens. Now this is where it gets really interesting, because now we're moving from a normal, everyday rabbi, teacher, who he respects, to a miracle worker. God shows up, and Peter recognizes this. Because this is, this is not human. This is not normal. This is not part of the, you know, fishing for dummies course textbook. <laughs> this is supernatural. And he's actually overwhelmed with fear. And he changes the way he talks to Jesus. He says, Lord, he falls at his knees and says, Lord, go away from me. You scare me. Because I'm a sinful man. And you've revealed that just because of your light and glory and truth. And you're revealing what's in me and I don't like it. I'm scared. And he calls him Lord. And that's a big word. That means ruler. And notice how this shifts now from curiosity and respect to reverence. I recognize. I don't know everything about you, but I recognize you're a holy man of God. And so this moves us to what we might call servantship. A Lord and a servant. Lord, I, I'm here and I will do whatever you say because you've clearly shown yourself to be divine, to be, to be from God. In fact, he realizes at one point, not too far down the road, this is, this is God in the flesh. This is the Messiah. I think he's getting that impression right here. 
And servantship is a really good place to be because it begins to go from I'm in control. We talked about this yesterday from I'm in control to this is out of my control. I surrender to you. You are God. I'm not. I need you. Uh, Apart from you, clearly I can do nothing. I can't even catch fish without you. And so it's a really good place to be. And God loves to step into that place when we feel so weak and so overwhelmed. And, and sometimes you come out of your brokenness and your addiction. Addiction is a horrible thing, but it has a redemptive purpose when we turn to Jesus. Because out of that brokenness, we discover there's only one answer. There's only one person that can get me out of this. There's only one person that can set me free. There's only one person that can lead me on the road to recovery and transformation. And that's Jesus. And that's where Peter's coming at this point. And he falls at his, at his knees. Lord, uh, I need you. Even though, isn't it interesting? Lord, I'm a sinful man. Go away. But at the same time, as Peter's saying, go away, he's falling at his feet. Isn't that how it is? Lord, in a sense, I'm terrified because you're holy and awesome and amazing. But as Peter later says, where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. So here I am. It's a great place to be. But it's not the last place to be. Notice what happens after this. All these words of Jesus. You see them over and over in the Gospels. uh, Often from Jesus. Sometimes from the angel when he appears to Mary or Zechariah or the shepherds. You see it in the Revelation at the end of the uh, Bible where he says it to John. Because John felt much like Peter, when Jesus showed up to him in Revelation, in this vision, John fell down as though dead, even though this was somebody he knew well, because this is God. This is, this is the Son of God. And so notice that what happens finally is uh, Jesus says, don't be afraid. Can you repeat that? Don't be afraid. One more time. Don't be afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Those are the words of Jesus. When we feel like we're completely at the end, when we're at our most vulnerable state where we have nothing else to cling to and we just feel like we're as good as dead, that's when Jesus looks at us and says, don't be afraid. I didn't come to hurt you. I came to help you. I came to deliver you. I came to save you. But now you know that you need me. And so here I am. But don't be afraid. Peter, you've been fishing for, for uh, you know, whatever those fish are called, where I come from, might be bluegill or walleye or whatever it is, whatever he's fishing for. I got news for you. That's, that's nothing. You're going to be fishing for people, bro. <laughs> Hang on tight. Buckle up. Here we go. Don't be afraid. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. But you're going to have to stay close to me. Peter, I don't just want to be your rabbi or even your Lord. Peter, I want to be your friend. And to me, I don't think there's a higher title they have in the Christian life than to be a friend of Jesus. How about you? That, that you know, it says here in the text that in Luke chapter 5 that Peter and all of his companions were astonished. At what just happened, they were just blown away. Everybody was watching, going, oh my goodness. His companions. 
And now Jesus is saying, Peter, I want to be your companion. I want to be with you in the boat of life, everywhere you go, everything you do. I want you to go with me wherever I go, whatever I say, whatever I do. I want us to be like this, tight together. I want you, I want to be your closest friend. And that's why we're part of the Friends Church. (laughs) That's where the name comes from. If you didn't know, John 15. In verse 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Verse 14, and you're my friends, he says to people like Peter, if you do what I command, if you follow me. And then he says, verse 16, but I no longer call you servants. Now I call you friends. Because a servant doesn't know his master's business, but everything that the Father's given me, I've given to you. You're my friends. Friends of God. Is there anything better than that? And so, I don't know where you are in this process, in this journey, in this motion picture called Christian life and discipleship and following Jesus. Wherever you are, if you're on the path, that's good. That's a good thing. But I know he's calling you to go deeper. When I was uh, in college, I think I just said it. I said, Lord, um, you know, I, I want to follow you, but this is the way I want to follow you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, I'll be in the driver's seat. You just sit over there and give me the cues when I need. And Jesus won't do that. He can't. He's Lord. And he wants to be our best friend, which means we need to trust him and go where he goes. And so he said, Dave, you're going to have to let me drive. Otherwise, we're going to get lost real quick. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, it's like a, a dad with uh, the keys, giving them to your kid, to the car. Here's the keys. Here's, uh, here's the keys. But what, what freedom comes. There's a song that Michael Card wrote a number of years ago, and it's called The Things We Leave Behind. And he says, the whole chorus says, oh, the freedom we find. From the things we leave behind. Peter left behind his boat. Matthew left behind his tax collector's booth. Simon the Zealot left behind his sword and spear. All these people were called to leave behind things that meant the most to them because they were theirs. And to give it to Jesus. Peter, give me your nets. Matthew, give me your checkbook. (laughs) Simon, give me your your arms. Let me transform these things in ways that can advance my kingdom. And it's going to look different than anything that you've ever imagined, but it's going to be so much better because I have more for you. I want you to go deeper. One more thing. Some of you in this room, I believe, were like me when I was starting college, that you're like, you know... I'm doing some stuff that I think is good and I enjoy maybe, but it's not bearing much fruit. Um, I'm not catching a lot of fish. In fact, my nets feel pretty empty. And you're wondering why. And I think Jesus would say it's because if you want the good life, it's in the deep water. It's not in the shallows. And that sounds scary sometimes because I don't know all that's out in the deep water. I, I don't know exactly where you're taking me, Jesus. In fact... It's terrifying to give up control of my life. 
And Jesus wants to say, man, you have no idea what's waiting for you on the other side of that fear. My greatest fear growing up all my life was public speaking, hands down. And Jesus said, if you just give me that, you have no idea what I can do on the other side of that fear. You'll experience some of your greatest blessings in life and ministry. And so I'm here today to testify to you as a guy who's been preaching for 40 years. <laughs> just give it to Jesus and watch what he does. Give him your nets. Give him your checkbook. <laughs> give him your job. Give him your family. Give him your love for sports. Give him everything that's important to you and watch him do his work. There's more on the other side. But you got to do one thing that's really simple and really hard. You got to go like this. It's yours. So I'm going to close with this story. Um, uh, there was a uh, high wire walker. You know, I'm talking about people that stretch the wires across buildings. And there was a guy a few years ago that stretched the wire across the Grand Canyon at one point. You ever watch that? It's just like you're on pins and needles, you know, the whole time you're watching. Anyway, there was a guy way back, like the turn of the 20th century. I believe his name was the Great Walenda, if I remember correctly. But he was famous for high wire walking. And he was the first one to stretch a wire across Niagara Falls. Anybody been to Niagara Falls by chance? Okay. So you know what that's like. Even getting close to that falls is kind of scary, right? He stretches a wire across the falls. And, uh, and he, so he's ready to go. And he says, uh, who believes I can walk across this wire to the other side safely? And the crowd, there's a big crowd there, man, because it's like going to NASCAR. What's the crash going to look like, right? I mean, it's, so here they are. And, and so, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you can do this. You're great. Yeah. And so he walks across. I forget how long it takes, but he gets across the wire. Amazing. So he gets to the other side and he says, now, how many of you believe I can go back across this wire with a man on my shoulders? Yes, yes, you can do this. Yes, you're amazing. You already walked across once. You're just, yes, go, yes. And then he says, and who will be that man? And a hush falls over the crowd. Because there's a big difference between belief and commitment. And then the story goes, another man from the crowd stepped out and said, I believe you can do it and I'll get on your shoulders. Sure enough, he gets on his shoulders. The great Walenda carries him safely to the other side. Now, what would possess a man to get on the shoulders of a high wire walker hundreds of feet above Niagara Falls, what would possess a person? It was his manager. He knew him personally. He trusted him implicitly. And he'd seen him do it before. He was his friend. This is called Hanover Friends Church. And we all, I think, want to be faithful friends of Jesus. But we have to move beyond belief to commitment. Can't just say, yeah, Jesus, you're great. But when Jesus says, pull up 
you know, pull up your boats to the shore and follow me. That requires some commitment, some action. And so I don't know where you are on this discipleship journey, whether you're seeking, you're studying, you're serving, or whether you're a friend of Jesus in the best sense of the word. But Jesus says, hey, would you trust me to take the next step? Maybe today. Uh, Give me a little more and watch what I can do with it. And so we're going to close with uh, a song that I asked Jody if we could sing. And it's an old song you probably know, but um, it's been an important song to me. I have decided to follow Jesus. Is it in the hymn book? What number? 351. And uh, I just want to invite you, just as Jesus invited Peter to respond personally and practically to his invitation, um, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today, wherever you are on your journey with Jesus. And uh, just ask for the grace to respond and uh, to step out into that deeper water, whatever that is for you. I don't know. Only you and Jesus know what that looks like. But again, altars are open. Uh, people can pray with you. Uh, but, but just be, be faithful. Jesus loves you. Don't be afraid, he says. I'm with you. I got this. Trust me. I got great things in store for you. Give me an hour and I'll change your life. So, Father, thank you in Jesus' name for the gift of this time and place, for the gift of these dear people and friends. Lord, I just pray that you would give us the grace to trust you. That's it. In Jesus' name, amen. Join me and stand up, please. I love these books. So wonderful to hold them. All right, going to go.